Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. God bless you this morning. <clears throat> you may notice that my accent <clears throat> slightly different from the accent you hear around here. But I trust you hear everything I've got to say. Amen. It's a privilege for me, it's an honor for me to be here. I've, I met Pastor Joaquin in Switzerland some years ago, and uh, we've stayed in touch since then. And uh, my, the reason I'm here really is because of my wife. My wife came to do a conference in Valdosta, and uh, she wanted me somewhere around. So she's up in the Georgian border, uh, border of Georgia, and I'm here. So it's close enough. You know what I'm saying? When you're married 46 years, it's close enough. So uh, I meet up with her tomorrow again, and uh, we have a week's vacation uh, before we go back to Scotland. So it's a privilege for me uh, to know your pastor and his bride, Yvette, and uh, we thank God that they're flowing in that same spirit. It's also an honor to know Dr. Molina and his wife. I got to know, meet them yesterday, and I can see that uh, there's the spirit of Alos in this church. Uh, Alos is in John 14, 16, where Jesus said, I have to go, but I'm going to send another of the same kind. And I can see many of the same kind in this church. And I think that's how you build the kingdom when the spirit of the Father uh, is transmitted to the children. So uh, it's also a great privilege for me to know Pastor Joe and his beautiful bride and their son, Joseph, uh, a young businessman in the making. Uh, so uh, it's a thrill for me to meet people, and uh, I've met quite a few people since I got here. We have a church in Scotland, and uh, I've been in Scotland for 26 years. I've been in ministry since 1980. In 1980, I gave my life to Jesus, and are you all understanding me okay? Nod your head for yes, shake it for no good were there. And uh, in 1980, I gave my life to Jesus. And through my business, we were moved uh, 120 miles away from the church and where we gave our life to Jesus. And uh, we traveled back and forward every Sunday, 120 miles each way. It was untenable. Uh, so we said to the pastor, what can we do? And he says, start a church. So in two months after we got saved, we started a church. I don't advise it, but uh, I advise you, though, to draw people to yourself. Uh, I think that's a great thing, just tell people about the goodness of God and draw them to Christ. Anyway, within uh, nine short months, uh, we had over 100 people in the church, and the church is still, that was in South Africa, in a place called Middleburg. The church is still there in Middleburg, and it's a, a strong church and a, and a great place. So it just proves the principle that God will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. 
So really, God's looking for your availability and not necessarily your ability. Uh, he's just looking for people that will go out and, uh, and draw other people to him. So that was the beginning of our Christian journey then. Seven years later, God said to me, you, you're going back to Scotland. So I was a businessman. I was trading in uh, construction and mining equipment, uh, used equipment, selling it all over the world. America was one of my best customers. Thank God for America. And uh, so we, we, I traveled extensively. And on a trip to Germany in 1986, I went home to see my folks. And when I went home to see my folks, I was buying some gifts to take back to my family in South Africa. As I walked into a shopping mall, the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks and, and uh, showed me a vision of the people of Scotland and their desperate, desperate need and said to me at the same time, this is the sixth Saturday, the 6th of December, 1986, at 11 o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks and said, you're coming back to Scotland. I didn't want to go to Scotland. I love this living in the sun. Do you know what that's like? The sun's, I left Scotland at minus four degrees. That's 20 Fahrenheit. That was cool when I left on Thursday. So God says, you're coming back. That same day, my sister-in-law said to me, would you like to come and see a house that's for sale? A friend of mine selling a house. So I said, okay, went to see the house put my foot on the doorstep of the house, the Holy Spirit spoke to me again. How many of you have heard the Holy Spirit speak to you? You've heard his voice. When he speaks to you, it's undeniable Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, if you're making a huge decision in your life, make sure it's the Holy Ghost that you hear and not other voices. The world's full of voices, but you need to hear the right voice. And, uh, as soon as I put my foot on the threshold, the Holy Spirit says, I'm giving you the strategy to buy this house. And he gave me the strategy. Uh, by Sunday morning at 9 o'clock precisely, I had made a deal on the house. Monday morning at 9 o'clock, I went to the bank. By 9.30, I had the mortgage. I went back to South Africa that week. Uh, by March the 9th, Three months later, I'd sold the house, business, and moved to Scotland. So when God starts talking to you, he starts doing quick things in your life. So in Scotland, we, we have three children, uh, two boys and a girl. They're all married. Uh, and we have eight grandchildren. All my children and, and their spouses work in the church with me. And... Um, all my grandchildren are in church, and they love God. And uh, one of my grandchildren are in is in West Africa right now, uh, doing uh, healing and miracle crusades with Healing Jesus uh, Crusades, and uh, they do huge crusades. They've had tens of thousands of people saved last week. Uh, many signs, wonders, miracles. Uh, 
phenomenal miracles. There's, a, there's been a couple of people raised from the dead in that ministry. I want to tell you there's things happening in Africa that uh, uh, you can only, that you have to experience. I, I took my grandson there when he was 16 to a Healing Jesus uh, meeting. Uh, there was about four or 500,000 people there. And when he saw the people coming through that stage with that were bent double, children that had never walked in their life, people with no eyes receiving eyes, people that were deaf receiving their hearing, uh, the lame walking, uh, all of that. When he saw that, his heart was broken and he says, Papa, I want to do something for these people. And I says, well, how about going to Bible school here? And he says, yeah. He says, when? I says, I'll leave you. So <laughs> I'm not a heartless grandfather. Okay, I love my grandchildren, but I left him there. And he spent four years in uh, a hostel with uh, African uh, students that came from all over Africa, uh, from uh, West Africa, North Africa, East Africa, Central Africa, and South Africa. So he was uh, the only uh, young white man with red hair, still is the only young white man with red hair in that place, so he can't do anything in secret. But now he's, uh, he's graduated and he's with the teams that go out and prepare for these uh, meetings that they have in, in Africa. They have... There's very dangerous meetings. Uh, they were in Mali just uh, a few months ago, just before the, the war uh, in Mali. They had to get out because of the war. They've been in uh, all over uh, West Africa where there, there, there is war and everything else. So, but God is moving mightily in those places. My other, uh, other grandson, he's in the music. And, uh, he plays music. He's 17 and uh, he's a tremendous musician. He, this week, uh, he's, travel, he's been traveling with a group called Leland and a group called Delirious and Martin Smith, and he's been just picking up stuff from them. So we're blessed people. We're blessed of the Lord. We're blessed coming in and blessed going out. Amen. So that's who I... Oh, and I'm married to this beautiful woman. <laughs> in case she ever gets a hold of this tape. Uh, we, we've known each other for 49 years. That's like half a century. And uh, we're growing more and more in love. We're, uh, we're still young grandparents. We enjoy our grandchildren. Uh, she's just written a book. It's called Woman in Transition. Uh, that book, that's why she was here in, in Florida. She was doing a, a women's conference. Uh, it's a fantastic book. And uh, her husband put together a wee book. Uh, it's about a quarter of the size, but you know how women are blessed with more creativity. <laughs> Can I have an amen from the ladies? <laughs> so that, this book is Healing and Wholeness for Every Part of the Body. I haven't got any with me, so the point uh, was futility because I haven't got any books with me to sell to you. But I'm sure you can get them off Amazon or something. So praise God. Uh, we're blessed. We're planting churches in, in different, uh, 
We have a Bible college. My heart is the mandate God gave me when, uh, when he sent me out was to build uh, an enduring, great, contagious congregation, a place of safety, security, stability, and strength, a multi-generational church. So that's what God sent us to do, build a multi-generational church, and that's what we're busy doing, building a multi-generational church so that one day when I go to be with the Lord, the church is going to go on. Uh, we're blessed because we've got four generations in, in our church right now. We're planting churches. The Bible school is graduating uh, ministry, uh, men with a Bachelor of Ministry degrees, and we'll have that next year. We'll have more churches planted. Uh, we have a men's ministry called Repairers of the Breach. Uh, just three weeks ago, I launched Repairers of the Breach in the Ukraine and Moldova. Ukraine and Moldova. Uh, the men there are hungry for a touch from God. Uh, three weeks ago, I was in Moldova, uh, in, in Ukraine. I saw the, the, the hand of God working in people's lives, uh, one of the, uh, there was a young boy there who received his healing, totally deaf, registered deaf, received his, received his healing, many signs, many miracles, many wonders, which follow the word. It's something I expect. It's according to Philippians 1, verse 20, Paul says, I have an eager desire and persistent expectation that in whatever I do, I shall never be ashamed. God's people do not have shame as their portion. Amen? Shame isn't your portion. Whatever you do, you shall never be ashamed. Amen? So, let's go to the Word this morning. Father, I thank you that you minister through this vessel of clay. For, Father, minister life to those that have ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to them today, Father. In Jesus' name. I, I, I'm going to minister today a message on Remember the Covenant. And uh, it's the first time I've seen the, the slide. It's great. <clears throat> so we, 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 I think that one of the, the greatest hindrances in the body of Christ is amnesia. People forget what God has done for them. People forget. Paul says it's okay to have selective amnesia. He says in Philippians 3.13, forgetting those things which are past, I strive towards the future. I'm looking forward in hope, but I'm forgetting those. So we, we have a place where we should forget some things in the past, but we should never forget the goodness of God. For it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. Isn't that true? It's the goodness of God, uh, not... Uh, hellfire and brimstone, but it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. So in the Mosaic law, uh, Moses set aside, God spoke to Moses and he set aside three times in the year where men and women were to get together, the people of Israel to get together and offer up thanksgiving. One was the, uh, the, the feast of the Passover Two was the Feast of Pentecost, and three was the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? Uh, and that was times when the people of God were commanded to get together and remember God's goodness and grace and his deliverance, amen? So that was a command from God that people, and Jewish people still 
get together at those times through the year, even today. Isn't that right? We need memorial times. We need days of remembrance. We need times where we remember the goodness of God. The, the, the power of remembrance is our faith is built up when we see God's goodness. Isn't that true? We see uh, God's goodness and that gives us faith for the future. It gives us something. It gives us hope to hang our faith onto. Isn't that right? So we can go forward and know that God is an unchanging God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it, and shall he not bring it to pass? Numbers 23, 19. So God wants his people to remember his goodness, and he's made special times for people to remember it. Isn't that right? So, I would maintain that giving of thanks is the highest form of thought process that we can have. That giving of thanks is the, the highest form of thought process that we could have. The Bible tells us that in the last days that men will be boastful. They, they will be lovers of self and they will be thankless. It's a sign of the last time. People are thankless. Many of you have seen that walking through a shop door or, or some, no one holds a door for you or, or, or in the traffic, all those sort of things. You know, uh, people have lived with a, an expectation that somebody, everyone owes me something. It may, be different, it may be different here in America, but in the UK, we live in a socialist uh, society where everyone has uh, the government owe me mentality. They live off the dole. They live off uh, the, the, the people that are working in the land. It's not a good way for them to live, but it's the way they live. The Bible says, and, and Pastor just shared that in Psalm 95, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with a psalm. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Lord, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for my wife of 46 years. I'm so thankful for my children that they walk in health every day of their life. I'm so thankful, Father, that you take care of my grandchildren. You watch over them. You protect them. Lord, I'm so thankful for Psalm 91, which is my Magna Carta. I'm so thankful for these things, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. It's so wonderful to be part of your I'm so thankful for my salvation. I'm so thankful that you poured out your love into my heart. I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful it leads me and guides me in the way that we should go. I'm so thankful that he reminds me of things that I need to remember. I'm so thankful. You see, we're supposed to practice thanksgiving. Say this with me. I'm going to practice thanksgiving. It didn't sound the same, but it's still. You're getting there. Philippians 4, 6 says, Paul says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I tell you, church, I've lived as a businessman for 22 years. I was successful in business. I didn't finish business uh, uh, broke 
to go into ministry. I finished business as on a high. Amen? Between that, that the period I told you about, December and March, in South Africa, December isn't a working month. People all go on holiday. So from February to March, the time that I left, our, my net profit was $100,000. It was $110,000, actually. It was $110,000 net profit. So I wasn't walking away from a business that wasn't making money. Are you hearing me? You know, God starts people. It's like uh, in Luke 5, 1 to 11, he talks about uh, the, the, the fish uh, going out in the fishing boat and casting their nets and the full, full boats, uh, the boats filled, the nets filled. And then God called the fishermen to come and be fishers of men. But he didn't call them with an empty boat mentality. He called them with a, a multitude mentality. Amen. So God takes me to different parts of the world. I'm, I, I, I'm a board member of Healing Jesus Crusade. We, we have a meeting every year. This year we had 12,500 pastors sitting in front of us at the meeting. 12,500 pastors. I'm not talking about congregants. I'm talking about pastors. Amen. It's effective. It's affecting the whole west of Africa. It's, we've got people come from Madagascar, Kenya, all over to, to these meetings. Amen? So we, we, we're being effective. It's, it's, a, it's a great multitude mentality that God wants to put into his people. Are you with me? He wants us to see things greater. Last year in December, uh, I went to a church, uh, an annual conference that has eight million people in the same place. Say eight million. Not 800,000. Eight million people. The building, the, the main building's one and a half miles long. It's three quarters, it's three quarters of a kilometer wide, the building. And that's only the main building. I tried to take photographs of it iPhones don't work in buildings that long, you know, you cannot see, the, the, it's just phenomenal, why did it go there, because I wanted, I stay in Scotland, I'm called to Scotland, but with only 5 million people in Scotland, and a small mindset, God sent me to change the minds of people, that's what I'm here today for, to, to provoke you to thanksgiving, to provoke you to remember all the great things that God has put, done in your life. Amen. Amen. That's why I'm here today. So uh, we, when we make our request known to God, we've got to go into his presence with thanksgiving. We don't go into his presence saying, gimme, 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 my name's Jimmy. Uh, it's, no, we go into his presence with thanksgiving and thanksgiving for everything that he's done. Paul declared this in Philippians 4.11. I have learned... And whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. So Paul wants us to understand that whatever way we find ourselves, to be content in that. You see, thanksgiving is a learning process. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to place within us contentment or real praise of thanksgiving to God in everyone's life. So the Holy Ghost is trying to get into us 
that place of contentment. I'm just going to give you a few points on contentment. Say contentment. How many of you suffer from contentment? Not many. He says, is it something you suffer from? In whatever state you are, learn to be content. content. Contentment is a powerful principle of the kingdom. The word of God says this in 1 Timothy 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. So when we understand contentment, great gain comes along with it. You say, where's the great gain? The great gain comes from peace in your life. It comes from uh, a place like Philippians 4.8 says, be anxious for nothing. So you, you don't go about with anxiety. You're not caught up in the commercialism of the age. You're not caught up in all of that. I go to places where uh, I go with full suitcases and give all the clothes that I've got away because... Uh, and these people, they're content with nothing. They're content with what they can get every day. They're content with... Uh, in, in Ukraine, the guys are, uh, have got a well in the middle of a village, and they go there and they, they wind up a bucket to get the, the water from a well, and their, their, their facilities are outhouses. Outhouses. That means... Your toilet isn't, your bathroom, your restroom isn't in the house. You walk through snow that's up to your knees to go to the bathroom. You get it? But they're content. Okay, I'll go on. <laughs> For we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. And the in the Strong's Bible, the, the meaning of contentment is Strong's uh, numbers 841 and 842 says this, to be possessed of unfailing strength. Contentment is unfailing strength. Amen? When, you, when you're content, you have a, an inner strength that you know that the greater one indwells you and he puts you over. You know who Christ is in you. You're content in that knowledge. You're content that says a mind contented with its law. So your mind isn't uh, fluctuating all over the place. Your, your, your mind isn't saying, uh, I need to have what those people next door have got. I need to be driving what they've got. Uh, I need to have, I need to have, I need to have. No, you're content in your mind. You're at peace in your mind. Are you with me? Uh, the, 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 you find these in, in, in Strong's. Uh, satisfied. It's talking about as being satisfied. Uh, it says uh, the meaning is sufficiency of the necessities of life, independent of external circumstances. We can be independent of external circumstances when we are content. So when we give thanks for things, we get into that place of contentment. Amen. Pausing for effect. <laughs> I realize in a, in, in a consumer 
pantheistic age that some of these things aren't uh, palatable. But that's where God wants us to be. You see, biblical thanksgiving is not what one does. It's rather who we are. It's not what we do. It's not like we, we, we give thanks to get something. It's just who we are. We, we are thankful. We have an attitude of thankfulness. Are you with me? It's, it's, so it's part of us. It's ingrained in us. You know, when, when it comes around to birthdays or Christmas, we always teach our, our, our grandchildren and our children to be thankful for what they get. Amen? No matter what it is, uh, we need to be thankful. Amen? So it's what, what, what you become through thankfulness is a result of absolute and complete trust in Christ Jesus. When you're thankful, you've got an absolute and complete... Listen, it's taken you to another level uh, of faith because your, your trust is absolute in Christ Jesus. You know that no matter what the situation is, God is in control. Amen. No matter what your situation, God is taking care of it. It's the Spirit in which we accept all things because Jesus lives within us. A life of thanksgiving becomes a daily expression of his life in us. Amen? I'm not talking about self-improvement. I'm talking about God manifesting his life through your life. Amen? Ephesians 5.18 says this, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. But Paul's talking about a thanksgiving attitude, and it's... And the, is the, that is the expression of God's goodness in our lives. And the way we express that is, is through praise. Amen. We praise God. You know, some places you go where you, you talk about praising God and, and people say, you, know, you don't have to do it like that. You're, you're just too radical. You're praising God. No, that's too radical being like that. Can't you just do it quietly? No, when you, when you are so filled with thanksgiving, you can't do it quietly. Amen. So, uh, thanksgiving releases a great ability and power within, a, within us, and that's the power of God that lives within us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 and 19. I know I give a lot of scriptures, but it's his word is life to those that find it. Amen. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. You say, in everything I must give thanks, but there's some of the things I'm not thankful for. Some of that, uh, you know, it's like, 
you, you, you hurt yourself, you injure yourself, and you say you have to give thanks for that. Give thanks that you're not dead. You know, there's all sorts of things, uh, you, ways you can look at things, but give thanks in that. Not because of it, but you give thanks in it for there is something uh, that you can give thanks for. There's two ways to face life. One is negatively, one is uh, positively. Negative way is the way of complaining, grumbling, and groaning, and murmuring. How many of you have met those type of people? They live in that realm of negativity. The other way is positively. And everything, give thanks. Count to all joy, it says in James uh, one, two, when you fall into various trial, trials. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, always be joyful. Uh, Romans 8 says, and remember, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So it's the easiest thing in the world to complain. You complain about the weather, you complain about the kids, you complain about... Uh, Everything, the economy, the government, uh, we, we, we've got to give thanks for, for some of these things. That, that Psalm 103, and I'm moving to another uh, thought just now, says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Psalm 103, verse 2. Lord, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. God wants us to remember the price of our redemption. God wants to remember us to remember. We, he sent his son to die on the cross to redeem us back. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us from spiritual death. He redeemed us from poverty. And he redeemed us from disease. He doesn't want us walking about sick, <laughs> poverty-stricken. Uh, he wants us to know our future. He's got our future in his mind. You see, in the, uh, uh, Jesus at the Last Supper uh, instigated a memorial. He says, when you break this bread, do it in remembrance of me. When you drink this cup, remember the price that I paid on Calvary's cross. You see, we got to, we got to take those times like uh, you're coming up to Thanksgiving in America. But that's a time, every meal time should be a time of thanksgiving. Every uh, morning when you're seeing your children off to school should be a time of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, that you give your angels charge over my children. You keep them in all their ways. They will not stumble. They will not strike their foot against a rock. No evil shall befall them. Neither shall any plague come near our dwelling. Uh, we, these are all things that we give thanks for on, on, on a regular basis. And he says, do these things in remembrance of me. We've got to remember the goodness of God, what he's done for us. And, and you know, many times uh, I've had to pull myself up by my bootstraps uh, because I've forgotten things. You know, it's like the, the first thing that happened when we started the church in South Africa was my, my wife had a word of knowledge and uh, a woman was completely healed. And... A week later, I says, if you have a miracle, I want a miracle too. So a young girl came to the meeting we had in the house, 
and her leg was two inches shorter and I prayed for it and the leg grew out to the same size as the other. And uh, so we both saw miracles. And then from there on, our ministry has been punctuated by miracle signs and wonders. And it's the miracle signs and wonders follow the word. We do the word and God confirms his word with signs following. Isn't that right? So we've got to be, uh, to build our faith, we've got to thank God for the work that he's done in our, through our hands and in our life. I stand here today not because of having a great education or have been born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I'd have nothing without God. I'd have nothing without... In 1980, I was lost and undone without Jesus. And because I got to know about the, the price that he paid for me, then everything changed. You know, God uh, created a covenant for us. In, in the Old Testament, he says in Zechariah 9, verse 11 from the Message Bible, And you, because of my blood covenant with you, I'll release your prisoners from their hopeless cells. Come home, hope-filled prisoners. Thankfulness releases you from that cell of hopelessness because you remember the good things. Amen? Uh, God's getting you to back to that place where you remember how that deal that fell flat in its face was resurrected and you got the deal. How that sickness that the doctor said there was no cure for, uh, you were cured. We had uh, last week in the church, uh, an elderly man had been coming for weeks. Uh, the Bible says the believer will lay hands in the sick that uh, laying hands on the sick is, uh, in the Greek is therapeutic. They continued to lay hands on him. He came back this week with the report. He was told they had cancer in the lungs. He came back this week with the report. His body is cancer-free. There is no, no sign of cancer whatsoever. Amen. We give thanks for that. I want to tell you, I can tell, I've spoken to pastors in different parts of the world, telling them about the miraculous power of God, and they're like, oh yeah. Yeah, and? It's like, it's a miracle. Yeah, and? You see, if you don't recognize these things and you're thankful for them, where are we going to go as a church? That's the dinner gong for, the, for people to come to Christ. Last week, there, there, there was a girl came to church unsaved. She left unsaved, but I don't, I don't think she'll remain that way. She had problems with her back. She came for, for prayer. I touched her, and all of a sudden, her face changed. And uh, the girl that was with her, uh, saw the changes and everything. She was immediately healed after years of back problems. She'll be back to give her life to Jesus. I'm thankful for what God does. Amen. Uh, you, you see, these are things that God wants us to see, but we'll only get it through our thanksgiving. Uh, verse 12 says this in Zechariah 9, verse 12 from Amplified. Return to the stronghold of security and prosperity, you prisoners of hope. Even today I do declare that I will restore double your former prosperity, you, prosperity to you. You say, well, pastor, that's, 
Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Well, God says, hey, I, I, I've, I've got a new covenant based on better promises for you. I've got something here that was then. Uh, and if you will thank God for the blood covenant, you thank him for the blood. The blood is all powerful and he's given us, we sang about it this morning, a name which is above every name, the name of Jesus, the name to which every knee shall bow. When we speak that name against any disease, in, in Ukraine there was a, a demon-possessed woman came and uh, uh, this woman, uh, well, what she was doing was frightening to a lot of people. But I spoke to her in the name of Jesus I declared the blood in her life and it was like uh, 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 something just touched her from the top of her head. Her whole visage changed from her head right down her eye. Uh, you could see it in her eyes and everything. And she coughed a couple of times and that demon was gone. Amen. I give thanks for these things. Amen, church. We want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We want to see the power of God. Isn't that right? You know, today, if there's any of you here, you want a touch from God, you're, you're sick in your body. This is what I do. I say, if you're here today and you've got pain in your body, and, and that pain is like, uh, if, if it's on a scale of 1 to 10 and your pain level is above 8, come for healing today. I don't want headaches or anything. I want someone that's got severe pain to come. And God will heal you. Amen. I believe it because I've seen it and I give thanks continually for the goodness of God working through our ministry. God says this, in, and I'll finish with these scriptures, in Hebrews 6. Surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by these two immutable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold in the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus. Amen. God has given us a promise, and his word is immutable. He said, by these two things, an oath and the immutability of my word, my word will never change, and if I've said it, I'll do it. You see, he says, uh, my word is life, Proverbs 4, to those that find it, and health and healing to all their flesh. The anointing is in the word of God. When we realize that if, when we give thanks, we're building up our faith, we're trusting God's goodness, and we will see the, the, the deliverance of God in our lives in the name of Jesus from any situation. You know, in, in, in situations where we've looked at our bank book and we've seen uh, the attack of God in our finances, we give thanks. There was, there was once, I'll just tell you this situation before I invite you to come up, this situation where uh, uh, we had put everything into an investment 
and it had gone belly up. Do you understand belly up? Gone south, that sort of thing. So anyway, I didn't know what to do. It was everything that we had. So I, I, I rented a mud hut in Swaziland and I went to the mud hut and every day for three days, I just gave thanks. For three days, I was in that place just giving thanks. When I got home from that place, I went to my office, opened, opened a, a, a magazine, a construction magazine. There was a name in the construction magazine, an advert. I, I felt led to, lead, uh, to phone the people, phoned them, and within four hours, the deal was settled, and uh, everything that had gone south was turned around, and everything turned out really great. I'm telling you, if you will get before God, and you will thank Him, then nothing will be withheld from you in the name of Jesus. Just before I ask, invite you to come forward, if there's anyone here that needs healing, if there's anyone here that needs healing today in their spirit, man, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, but you've come to this place today because someone invited you. I'd like to give you an opportunity to come to know Jesus in that way that you know him as someone that has brought you through to this place. You see, God has preserved you to this day so that you could come to know him as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you to do this with me. Everybody in the building, would you say this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's life to me. It's health and healing to me, Lord. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross just for me. To redeem me. To purchase me back. Lord, I'm thankful for that. Today, Lord, I feel the tug of the Holy Spirit in my heart. I receive Jesus today as my personal Lord and Savior. I repent for my past life and thank you, Lord, that you forgive me in Jesus' name. If you're in this place and you said that prayer today and you've never said it before, I'm going to count to three and ask you to put your hand up. You've never said that prayer before. You want Jesus to be at the center of your life. I'm going to pray with you today. One, two, Jesus shed his blood so that you could be free. Three, lift your hand. I see those two hands. Is there anyone else? I see those hands. Is there anyone else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's what I'm going to do. You've made a tremendous confession. I'd like you to take another step in faith. I'd like you to come forward and shake me by the hand. I'd like to pray with you. Would you do that? Please come forward. I see your hand. Come forward. Thank you. Thank you. I'll come down there. Let me come down. There won't be room for everyone up here. Did I see a hand over there? I'll come and get you. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Just come over here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, just, I'm just going to do one thing. Don't be nervous. Guys, these people are being involved in the greatest miracle of all. 
the, the miracle of salvation. What should we be doing? Giving thanks. Amen. Let's go, give God thanks for salvation. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for each one of these people, these people that have given their hearts to you today. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you that the blood of the Lamb is over them and keeping them for your plan and your purpose being worked out in their lives in Jesus' name. Now, as you're standing here, I'm just going to put my hand on your head and pray for you. Is that okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare the blood of the Lamb over each one of these people. Father, I thank you for the keeping power of your blood and your spirit. Father, I thank you your spirit infuses each one of them, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, that you do a supernatural work in their life. Father, as they leave this place today, they will know something different has happened, that your spirit had touched them, Father, and fills them to overflowing, Father, in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that they will be your mouthpiece. They, these hands will be used by you. These feet, Father, will be used to carry the gospel uh, to the ends of the world, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for their decision in Jesus' name. Now, where do they go? Would you follow? Who do they follow? The what? You can go back to the place now. No, no, no. God bless you.